Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Redemption HD podcast. We hope that this episode blesses you, that it encourages you. If you want to know more about Redemption High Desert, you could visit our website at redemptionhighdesert.com. Also, follow us on all social media platforms at Redemption760. Here we go, live from Redemption HD. Uh, let's take a look here at Matthew chapter 9. Starting in verse number 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Remember, it's the will of the Father that no one, that no one uh, should be distant, right? That we should all come to repentance. This is the heart of God. And so when Jesus looks at the multitudes and see them scattered, he's moved with compassion because he doesn't want them to be far off. He wants them to be near. We, we talked about last week how Jesus is our ultimate example, right? As Christians, we're Christ-like. We're followers of Christ. We're, we're Christians. And so whatever Jesus did and does is what we should do also, right? Jesus said, I only, see and, I only say and do what I hear the Father say and do. And we have the same response here on earth right now. We respond to situations the way that the Father does. And so if Jesus looks at the multitudes with compassion, we look at them with compassion also. Uh, but compassion should always move you to action. You know, uh, I think Aelia mentioned it last week. This isn't um, empathy or, or sympathy. This isn't just, oh man, I feel really bad. You know, this is compassion, which is, it actually moves you to do something to bring them out of whatever they're facing. And so Jesus not only looked at the multitude and was like, man, I feel bad for them. But he said, I, I feel so bad for them that I'm going to do something to bring them near. And so we as Christians have to have that same heart. And, and Johnny was saying it. Are we doing what we can to reach out to our community to bring them into the house of the Lord? Amen. So we're going to look at a couple things here, guys. And again, some of the stuff you're going to look at and say, man, that's kind of uh, a no-brainer. You know, but sometimes we just need a little bit of a kickstart. We just need a little bit of a jump, like a reminder that this stuff is that simple. It is simple to preach the gospel. And I think we overcomplicate it. We let our doubts, our fears overwhelm us, and then we don't go do the work of Jesus because we think that there's you know, A, B, C, D, E, F to do, when really he just says, go, just go, just go and live and let my life flow through your life. So we're just going to kind of break this down. Again, some of this stuff is going to be simple, but it's going to help us a lot. Uh, right here in your notes inside of your bulletin, it says how to preach the gospel to the people in, uh, in our cities. Because again, in Matthew 9, 35, that Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. The first thing that you have to do is you have to realize your mission field. Now, we, we sometimes think of mission field or outreaches as if it's something that we go to. You know, when, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, but Isabel, you know, is, is a missionary. She goes out into other countries preaching the gospel. And so we automatically think when it comes to mission, when it comes to, you know, outreach, that it's something that we go and do. But we have to realize that our mission field is right where God has already placed us. See, it's not just the outreach that Johnny's doing and Chilo and Greg you're doing or Isabel's doing. It, outreach and missions is where we're at right now. And this is easy. Again, this seems really simple, but your mission field can be identified by answering these simple questions. What is your address? Where do you work? Who are you around? It's that simple, right? 
We don't have to put it on the bulletin and announce that, hey, we're going to do an outreach next Saturday and this and this. We don't have to do all that. You have the opportunity right now where you're at, where you live, where you work, whoever's around you to preach the gospel. And it's that easy. Don't wait. You know, when I, when I got into ministry, you know, I, wasn't, I didn't wait for a platform. I didn't wait for a pulpit. Any chance that I got to preach the gospel, I was going to preach the gospel. I was going to preach the gospel to, to my family, to my friends. I was going to preach the gospel to, to my dog. I didn't have a dog at that time, but if I had a dog, he would have got saved. Because I would have gave him the word, right? So we don't wait. We don't wait for, well, you know, I got to go to leadership training. is December 10th at 630, and then maybe I'll preach. Like, none of that stuff. We have to preach the gospel now. Right now, we have an opportunity with those that are around us to share the good news. And so it's, it's as easy as that, guys. What is my address? Where do I live? You know, if you're really uh, loved by the Lord, he's going to have an intercessor move next to you that will pray for you. Stacy used to pray for us. Stacy would text me and say, hey, um, I'm going to be laying hands on the side of your house. Don't freak out. And she's over there praying in tongues, prophesying to our house while me and Ailey are laying there. You know, she would be praying for our home. But, you know, whoever is within your neighborhood, your neighbors, who lives in front of you, who lives behind you, is an opportunity to, to, to uh, evangelize, an opportunity to share the gospel. You know, I, I was always looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. You know, and we should be like that Every, everywhere we go. Look at Matthew 5 in your notes right here. It says, you are the what? The light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Verse 16, read that again. Let your light shine. Let your light shine, not when you become a pastor or when you get a leadership position or when you've been to the church for three months. Or No, let your light shine right now. Right now, where you're at, where you go, what you do, let your light shine. This is no longer something that should just be on a select few. This is on the church. We are the light of the world. You know, this is not, you know, I, I told you guys, and, and we, we really emphasize this when it comes to leadership here in this church that it's not a hierarchy here this isn't the pastor and then the leaders it doesn't work like that it goes like this pastor leaders attenders members children's ministry we're all on the same field here the same level in, in the call that God has for us right and so we can't put the pressure on a person or on a, a team we all have been commissioned to make disciples this isn't just for me. This isn't just for Johnny or Greg or Isabel. This is for all of us to go into the world to make disciples. Amen? We, we have to realize our mission field. Utilize the opportunities for outreach and missions. Johnny has an outreach on December 5th. If you're free, go get involved. Greg and Claudia are doing outreaches uh, how often? Once a month? The, th uh, the third Saturday of every month. It's better. The wife's breaking down simpler, Greg. We kind of, we, yeah, we couldn't use it. Claudia, thank you for making it just simplifying what we, you know, sometimes we just got to, we have to ask our wives, what am I trying to say? You say it, you say it better than me, right? You got it. Claudia said it better. But so the third Saturday of every month, Chilo, Greg, Claudia take a team out and they do an outreach, you know, the third uh, week, the third Saturday of every month. Mike is part of the rescue mission. Okay, the rescue mission does stuff every day. They do everyday stuff. They're doing stuff every day. 
you know, from feeding to clothing to any, you know, the shower program, the warming shelter. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that you can get involved with with the rescue mission. And so there are opportunities right there. We have opportunities right now. One of the things that's heavy on my heart, and uh, I was just kind of waiting for the holidays and kind of get us back in the swing of things, but going into the beginning of the year, our, one of our main focus is going to be outreach. Going into January, a main focus of redemption will be what we do outside of those four walls just as much as what we do inside. So we're going to plan outreaches. We're going to plan to go out there and, and to be the light of the world. But you guys have opportunities now. Don't wait for January to come. You know, get involved now. You know, like I said, I know that there's people in this room right now that have gone out on their own time, their own dime, and they've done what they could for those in need. Whatever we can do, guys, for people is what we should be doing. Amen. Uh, another opportunity that we have right now is uh, we're going to be partnering and helping out with Isabel and Righteous Adventure. Um, you guys know that we've been partnering with them for the last couple years with the Girls House of Refuge in Cambodia. The Girls House of Refuge in Cambodia rescue uh, women and children from sex trafficking. Um, this is this is hardcore stuff. This is they go out and physically take these girls from you know who the you know, who they're enslaved by, bring them into this home, disciple them, care for them, love them, and see their lives transformed. You know, we've had girls that have gone into this program and come out and graduated and, and gone to school and gotten married, you know, and, and we have uh, one of them who has a mission right now to win how many, a billion, uh, what is, a, a one million, that's her goal, one of the girls in there, it's her, her goal to win a million people to Jesus. I mean, th these, these uh, women and kids that are being saved from this type of thing, um, God has a plan for their life. And so we've partnered with them for the last couple of years financially, whatever we can do to get involved to help them. Um, one of the things that we have an opportunity to do, this is the first time that we've been able to do this. Um, I should say the first time, but the first time we're really going to focus on being a part of this is we're going to send a team with Isabel in March. Okay? The end of February, beginning of, Mar of March, the dates aren't locked yet. But we are going to send a team with her from Redemption. We're going to, we want to get people from Redemption to go on this trip. And you might think, well, man, we're in the middle of a pandemic. But that's what Isabel was telling me last week. Sometimes God tells us to do things in the moment where you're like, it doesn't seem possible. But we trust God in that. So, Isabel, if you could just stand up for me. If anybody has any desire and would like to go to Cambodia, the end of February, beginning of March, please see Isabel. Okay? She's going to start praying. She's going to start uh, putting together a team. Um, now, this, is, this isn't, unfortunately, if you sign up, but that doesn't mean that you're going to go. There's a lot of things that we have to process through um, because of the situation, because of the safety of you, the safety of the girls. There's a, lot of, there's a process that we have to go through to prepare our team. And so you have to see her. Let her know as soon as possible because we've got to begin to raise funds. We have to, you know, we're thinking about maybe doing like a meeting where you can bring your family, your friends together. We can share the vision, and then they can sow into you financially to help you go. So we have an opportunity right now, guys, to go and be the light of the world in Cambodia. And so if you guys have any questions, please see Isabel, okay? She's, she's gone there. How many times have you been to Cambodia? Seven or eight times. She goes two, three times a year. You know, the last time she was about to go, the Lord spoke to her and said to go. And it was right when, when the pandemic broke out. And so, you know, she went and, and got to the airport and they stopped everything. She couldn't get out. So, you know, she's, she's been dying to get back ever since. I could see it in, as she sits in there in the seats going, it's time to go. It's time to go. And so um, we want to support Isabel 
Righteous Adventure, Gary and Elva. And so please, if anybody has it on their heart to go, see her as soon as possible so we can begin that process. Amen. Isabel, is there anything else that I'm leaving out that you might want to? Yeah, because not to, to take away from any other type of mission trip, but you're not just going to do, you're not just going to hand out food, but you're actually rescuing women and children from sex trafficking. And, and there, you know, there have been times and moments, you know, that, that if we could give you guys the stories and the details of what these girls had to go, go through, what Isabel has had to go through, what Holly has had to go through, I mean, attacked, you know, Holly was, was riding a scooter, they, they attacked her yanked her down by her purse, right? Were you with her when that happened? You were, you know, I mean, this is, this is heavy-duty stuff. And so please, guys, let, let's help, let's support, let's be involved. Um, but, but again, realize your mission field. Here's an opportunity, amen? Let's keep going right here. The second part, realize, your tes- realize you have a testimony. Realize you have a testimony. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, You are epistle written on our hearts known and read by all men. You are an epistle. You are a letter. Every single one of us are a letter that are on the hearts of the apostles, but also a letter that is read by all men. That means that people are watching you and I, how we live, how we talk, how we act, how we are on social media, how we are on work, at work. There are people that are reading us like a letter. So you have a testimony whether you think it or not, okay, it just, what matters is, what is your testimony? What are you saying? What are you preaching? What are you sharing? People are watching everything that we do. Every moment they're watching us. As soon as they find out that we're a Christian, they want to watch every step that we make. And we have to be aware that we have a testimony and that we're an epistle written uh, and read by all men. So look, at these are just simple things, guys. Again, today was going to be an easy you know, maybe it was my turkey hangover um, that I just wanted to give just some easy stuff here. This is just easy stuff. Look at this right here. Encourage people with hope, right? And it, that sounds kind of easy, but right now, we talked about this last week, a lot of people aren't preaching good news right now. A lot of people are preaching bad news. A lot of people are preaching condemnation. A lot of people are, are preaching all kinds of other things are, being, are coming out of the mouth of people. We need to be those that are encouraging and speaking hope. Amen? We need to share our faith. We need to tell our story. Amen. This is, this, is, this is easy. Sometimes people don't want to evangelize. They don't want to talk to their coworkers, their friends, their family about the Lord because they feel that they don't know how to. They say, well, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know where to start. All you have to do is share your story. What, what is your story? What does your journey with the Lord look like? You know, when I first got saved, I didn't know what to say or how to say it. So I just told people this. I went into this church, and they were making all kinds of weird noises. I, they call it tongues or something. But all I know is I felt something different. That was my story. It didn't make any sense. I couldn't preach it, teach it. I, didn't, I just told everybody what I experienced. I went to this church. I got invited. They said there were girls there. I was there. I'm going to, there's girls there. I'll be there. What time does church start? I'll be there 20 minutes early, right? Then when I got there, and they started praying in tongues, and I was like, oh, this is one of those places. 
You know, I grew up going to Catholic church, you know, and, and so when I heard them pre praying in tongues, I was like, this is weird, you know, people falling on the ground, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute, I thought, do I have to do that, do I have to fall on the ground, you know, but all I did was I started sharing with my friends what had happened. I said, look, it, it was the craziest thing, but when I was there, I felt peace. I felt something. I felt like a presence, not knowing it was the presence of the Lord. But I just shared my story. That's all we have to do, guys. We don't got to preach a sermon. You don't have to have, you know, uh, theological A, B, and C, you know, uh, you know your, your points, seven points, and all that. Look, just share what it is that God has done in your life. Share what God is doing. Because the, what people want to hear is the honesty of your testimony. They want to hear the pureness of, you don't, you don't even know how to explain it, right? They want that. They don't, want, they don't need us to break down, you know, and have an exact word frame for, for what we're trying to describe. Just tell them what you've experienced in God's presence. Today, if you felt the Lord, last Sunday, if you felt the Lord, if you were in your prayer closet and you felt the Lord, share that. Tell people that. You know, maybe you were praying for something and God was faithful in what you were praying for and answering that prayer. Share that. Tell people your story. Amen? It's easy, guys. Tell them your story. Invite people to gather with the church. You know, show God's love. This is easy. Again, again guys, realize your testimony. Now, I want to say this. Make sure that when we do these things, we serve these things on a platter of love. We don't want to condemn people, right? We don't want to beat people over the head with the, the gospel. We don't want to make people feel bad and shame people. And, and make people feel guilty for what they might be struggling with. Listen, it is the kindness of God, the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And so when you come and tell people, you know what? Oh, you're just a sinner and you need Jesus. And, and we just beat them over the head with the Bible. We're never going to win them. They have to see God's love in the way that we're presenting this truth. Now, that does not mean that we water down the gospel. It does not mean that we compromise God's word or God's truth. But you have to use wisdom on how you present it. When I first got saved, this is, this is what I did. This is, thank the Lord that I grew in this area. I went to my friends and told them that, you know what, you guys are all going to hell. And if you don't get saved, we can't be friends. That was, that was my evangelism. Debbie, that's how I preach the gospel. Hey, you either get saved or we ain't going to be friends no more. Like I'm some sort of blessing or something, huh? <laughs> hey, if you really want me in your life, then you're going to get saved. Pride at its best. Huh? I didn't know I was 18 years old, young. He just came out of this church, people speaking in tongues. I didn't know what's going on, but hey, I'm telling my friends that they're going to go to hell if they don't get saved. Like, I, I was serving God's love on a platter of condemnation. I'm over here telling them about a loving God, but I'm doing it in a way that it was only pushing them further. And I lost a lot of friends. You know, I lost a lot of friends. So when I came back to the Lord in 2008, I didn't want to preach that way. Especially because I was a drug addict coming into this place of forgiveness. What, who am I to start going and condemning people when God saved me from a pit? God saved me from the lowest of lows. I mean, I was, I was nothing. And God saved me from that place. And now I want to start telling everybody that, hey, you need to get it all, get your act together. That, that's not God's love. God's love is like, hey, I've been there. And God still loved me and he still loves you. So we have to make sure when we go out and we share our testimony, when we go out and we, we evangelize, we outreach, we're on missions, that we serve this, this truth on a platter of love. Amen? Not condemning people. Jesus told the woman that was caught in adultery, you know, he said, hey, where are those that, have, that accuse you? She said, they're nowhere. He goes, I'm not accusing you either. Go and sin no more. 
there was this embrace of his grace and embrace of his mercy that brought her into to a change, a transformation. And that's what we have to preach to this world right now. The, the doom and gloom stuff, guys, ain't going to win nobody. They need to hear the true gospel, the loving message of Jesus Christ. Amen? Look at this third point in here. Realize that you are God's vessel. Realize you are God's vessel. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Oh, I love this part. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is an, another reason why just telling your story, whether it makes sense or you can explain it or not, it doesn't really matter because you don't want people to marvel in your wisdom. You don't want people to be like, oh yeah, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. You know, No, we want people to see the transforming power of Jesus working in our life. That's what they want to see, the power of God. You know, the, the, the religious leaders in the times of Jesus knew Scripture. They knew all the, the prophetic words, all the prophecies. They could teach it in the synagogues. They could do all these things, right? But they didn't have the power. They didn't have the Spirit of God within them or on them to preach a good news message that brought people into the kingdom. We have that opportunity. You know, I, I, don't, I love the Word, and you guys know me. I'll study this thing. I read, I read the Word. I, I meditate on the Word. But without the Word, if I just, if I, if I, I mean, without the power, all I have is head knowledge. Okay? I, I want to show you guys something. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Stay there in Matthew 9, but turn to Acts chapter 1. And this is, this is why, you know, you can come into our service and, and we're just, we're following the Spirit of God. You know, we, we want the Holy Spirit to come. We were singing this morning, right? Rain down on us. Holy Spirit, rain down on us. Come and fill this place. Because we realize that in God's presence, there's transformation, right? There's the infilling of the Spirit of God. The moment you get saved, the Spirit of God takes up residence within you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit lives in us. But there are also moments where the Spirit of God comes upon us. And in those moments, you begin to walk in power. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit does what? comes upon you. Now, when you read earlier, they had already received the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it says that he blew uh, and, and they received the Holy Spirit. So they already had the Holy Spirit. But in this moment, the Spirit of God was going to come upon them and then they would move in power. What, what does that power do? It enables us to walk out the purposes of God. If you're, if you're called to be a husband, uh, a father, a mother, a pastor, a business owner, a teacher, a nurse. What empowers us to walk out those callings in the fullness is when we live a life that is baptized with the Holy Spirit. When we live a life that's in His presence, we, have, we are empowered to walk out what He's called us to do. So Jesus told the disciples, let the Spirit of God come upon you so that you would receive the power that you need to walk out your purpose. And so we have to walk, it, walk out in power. You know, Isabel, we were talking last week, you know, going to these villages and having to pray for those that are sick, those that are demon-possessed. You have to have the faith to believe that God can work through you because there are people that need what they read in the Bible. They need that type of deliverance. There are people that are going to have blind eyes and deaf ears, and they're going to come to you and say, do you really believe what you preach? Because if you do, I need to see and I need to hear. 
So we have to believe that there is power available to us to walk in this type of manner. See, the problem with the church today, you know, people say, well, we don't see signs and wonders and miracles anymore. They say, if that was the case, how can we don't just go in the hospitals and heal everybody? The reason is, is because there's more doubt in the church than there is faith when it comes to that area. You can ask a lot of Christians, do you believe that God can, right now, that people can heal the sick, open blind eyes, raise the dead? A lot of people will say, no, I don't believe, uh, that was, I don't know if I believe in all that. That's the problem with the church. We need to start believing that God had called us and said to go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes, open deaf ears. This is what he's called us to do. But the only way that we could do that is if we walk in power. You have to walk in power. Walk in power. Walk in power. That's why we need Holy Spirit come and rain down on us. Fill this place. Fill our hearts. Fill our lives. Fill our minds. Not only indwell, but cover, baptize us, God. We need to live in your presence. Right? Moses went all the way up and all the way in. He was invited into God's presence. He was invited into the glory cloud. And as he went in and spent that time with the Lord, when he came out, he was transformed. And because he was transformed, he brought transformation to a nation. We have to have that same desire. God, take us into your presence. Let us be so overwhelmed by your presence, by your Holy Spirit, that we walk in power. Amen? Again, realize that you are God's vessel. Back in your notes, 1 Corinthians, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is why we need it. Because when you lay hands, listen, you could put a blind person in front of me right now, and, and I could preach, I could just preach and preach and preach, right? But you guys would probably say, well, that's, you know, normal, you're a pastor, you're supposed to preach to them, right? They're blind, they come in, they, hear, they want to hear the service, preach to them, they, they need to hear the word. But if I laid hands on their, on their eyes and then they began to see, all of a sudden, all the attention would be off of me because we all know there's no way that in my own power I can do that, right? You got, we would have to know that God is moving in a supernatural way if we're seeing people experience God on that level. But that's why we need to have that faith. Can we have a faith that says, you know what? Yeah, I believe. I believe that God can raise the dead, open blind eyes and deaf ears. And I believe that God can do it through me. That's where we have to make the difference. Because listen, anybody who tells you that the signs, wonders and miracles are not for today, then they have to also believe that none of the word of God is for today either. Because God commissioned us. He commissioned us. Everything that we read in Scripture is still relevant, needed for today. So when they tell us, oh, those parts aren't relevant, then you have to throw everything out then too. If we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, we also have to believe that God commissioned us to go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes. And again, is this a stretch in our faith? 100%, but that's the point. I'm not going to pat you guys on the back. You're not going to come here and just get a little bit of milk and feel good about yourself. Like, no, we're going to feel challenged in our faith in this place. I do believe that that's I, every hospital that I've ever walked into, we've gone into hospital after hospital. Me and Bo have walked into hospital and hospital rooms. We've gone in there and laid hands on people that the doctor have said they have, they're, they're not going to make it. And we didn't go in there thinking, you know, oh, man, we're, uh, there's no point of us praying. We're not, we're not even, it's just a waste of our time. We went in there and prayed. We laid hands on that body and believed that they were going to jump out of that bed. And let me just tell you guys, let me just, let's be honest. People didn't get healed. People didn't wake up. They stayed in that hospital bed. But that, we don't live based off of our experience. My faith does not, is not 
does not depend on my experience. It depends on the word. So if Jesus said to heal the sick, even if I fail at that, I'm going to do it and do it again and again and again and again and again. I've had ears that were completely closed pop in my hand as I've laid my hands on them. I had a coworker one time who came to work and he had glasses on and he had one lens that he completely taped up. So he had one lens where he popped, he want, the glasses he popped one lens out, the other lens he had it taped up. I thought it was like a Halloween costume. Oh, you only see with one eye. He's like a pirate, but a cool pirate with lokes on. You know, I pop, pop one lens out and I'm going to tape one lens up. That's how he came. I thought it was like a hip-hop thing. You know, I'm from, I'm from the 80s and 90s, hip-hop, you know, where you, got, you pull one leg up, one leg down. You got a big old clock and a gold chain around your neck. You know what I'm saying? Hat to the side, you know, like I thought he was just being cool. And I said, what happened? I said, what happened? To your, why, why are you wearing those glasses? He says, I don't know. I woke up this morning, and I just see double out of this eye. I don't know why. Just, I only see double vision. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And he said, sure. And he walked away. He didn't know that I meant, like, right now, on the job. I'm on the clock. We're, I worked at a car dealership right there next to the F-150. I said, let me pray for you right now. And he's, like, looking around, like, right now? Like, right now, right now. Not later, later. Right now, right now. Okay, I said, take those glasses off, and I laid my hands on his eye, and I began to pray and pray for his healing and pray that that eye would come into alignment with the word of God, that by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. And I prayed that, and I removed my hand, and he looked at me, and he started freaking out because he was able to see straight. Completely healed right there in the car dealership parking lot while I was on the clock. No worship team. I wasn't even a pastor yet. I'd only been walking with the Lord at that point for, I think, two years, if that. But I went in with a faith that this is what God has called us to do. We have to realize that we are God's vessel. He wants to use us right now. Right now. There are no such thing as a baby Holy Spirit, a teenage Holy Spirit. You get the fullness of God the moment you get saved. And so that fullness of power is right there available for you. You would just have to have the faith to believe. The faith to believe, the faith to be used by God. So if you pray for somebody and they don't get healed, don't stop. Keep praying for them. I guarantee you could read all of the, the great healing evangelists and healing ministers throughout the history of the church. John G. Lake, you know, my favorite, Benny Hinn. I love Benny Hinn. You know, uh, Todd White, all these guys who, who walk in these type of giftings, they'll tell you that they prayed for people for months and months and months and no one got healed. But God has to work that faith in us. He has to make sure that he pushes out all the doubt. And that comes by praying for somebody and they don't get healed and then he tells you to do it again. You got to do it again and again. Bo, how many people you prayed for in, in, in the last five years? A lot of people. Over 100, even chasing ladies on walkers. Get over here, I'm going to pray for you. That really happened, by the way. Bo chased a lady on a walker. She tried to run from him, but he went after her. Jesus is going to get you. You know, we, we, we realize, we believe that we are God's vessels right here, right now, that God can use us, he wants to use us, and this is our opportunity to demonstrate the power of God. Amen? All right, look at these uh, three things here. Pray for those around you. Lay hands on the sick and let God move through you. Amen. Let's go to the second page of your notes. Uh, Matthew 9 again. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said, the harvest truly is ready, uh, or the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. It's important for us to hear the Lord's voice. Amen. To hear the Lord's voice. Now, just like the demonstration of God's power, just like believing that God can use you for signs, wonders, and miracles, you have to believe that the Lord can speak to you. 
A lot, a lot of people don't believe that they can hear God's voice. A lot of people don't believe that God speaks today. Listen, guys, you need to lean into his voice. You know, when I first got saved, I, I carried this notebook in my back pocket, and I would just write things down, everything that God would say to me. I didn't know the Bible. I, I was only a couple sermons deep in what my pastors were teaching, but everything God said, I would just write it down, write it down, write it down. And then I would read in the scripture, and I'd read it, and I'd be like, wait a minute, God told me this today. And I, that's how I learned his voice. I learned his voice by opening up my heart and hearing that word, and then it was confirmed. He confirmed it through his written word. So you have to believe that he speaks, you have to make time for communion, and you have to obey his voice. Today I'm giving you guys a buffet. There's a lot of stuff being just delivered. It's a buffet. I like going to the buffet and I get the same items, Mike. I'll get me some french fries, some pizza, just a mixture of stuff, sushi. Just throw it all on there in the plate, you know. So, so you feed me, you know. Just, I, this is what I'm serving you guys today, a buffet of just stuff. Um, so look at Matthew 6. It says, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. You guys, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Make that time to pray. Make that time to sit there in communion and sit there with him, to sit in his presence, to hear his voice. Make that time for his voice to speak into your life. You know, we can't get so busy with life and so busy with things. And even me as a minister, I can't get so busy with ministry that I miss out on to the one thing, the one thing that's more important than everything else. And that's just sitting with him, hearing his voice. You know, I was telling Ailey the other day, that, that has been my greatest battle as a minister. My greatest battle as a minister is silencing even the work of ministry just to have time for me and him. You know, I, I don't, there, guys, I have, and, and this is, hear what I'm saying. I have to make sure that I'm praying not so that I'm hearing a word for redemption. I'm, I'm not just praying so that I hear a word to preach on Sunday. I have to hear a word for me. I got to let his voice and his word that he's speaking over my life bring the transformation here. Because if I don't do that, I do you no good. Okay? And we have to have the same perspective when it comes to the way we do family, the way we do work, is that we have to hear God's voice so that his word that is spoken over us brings us into purpose, brings us into instruction so that we can walk out what he's called us to do. Communion with the Lord is so important, guys. That time in his presence is so important. Make that time to just sit with him. You know, turn the TV off. Turn your phone off. Get alone. Close the doors, what they say in Matthew 6. Get in there when it's just you and him and just listen to his voice. Let him speak to you. You know, I, I love God's voice so much in that time with him so much that I talked to him about the most random things. I told him how Greg was making fun of me because I was short last week. <laughs> Lord, did you hear Greg? He told me I couldn't get on the rides at Disneyland because I was too short. <laughs> I didn't tell him that, but the Lord knew my heart. So. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> You know, I talked to the Lord about the most random things because I want to be that close to him, you know. And so always, guys, make time to hear his voice. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit us at evargus760.com and also redemptionhighdesert.com.